1: Hallelujah! Thanks so much team Guys at the back, oh, what a blessing Spend time In the presence of the Lord um, This morning we Are going to be Doing things a little bit differently don't know why I'm sounding like that anyway, Sorry But um, We are Launching a bunch of um, outreach teams, missions teams, let's go teams over this year and uh, Yaku is just going to take some time to explain th- some of that and we're going to listen to some testimonies from guys so yeah, further, without further ado, go for it. Thank you Yaku.
2: So my name is Yaku. It's a privilege for me to come and share this morning um, just shortly of what we're planning for the year um, but before I start on the practicalities i just like to share something that the lord laid on my heart and before i share i just like to pray quickly yeah father we just remain in this attitude of worship father and we we just look to you jesus father thank you that your word says where two or more are gathered in your name jesus you are there in the midst of us of them father so we we recognize jesus that you are here And we make room for you, Jesus. And we say you are welcome here. Pray, Jesus, that you would come and move in our hearts. Come and stir it up, Lord, and just draw us nearer to you. In however that may look and shape and form, Jesus, I just pray we will make space for you this this morning and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So... Just this verse, John 1, verse 29. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I think we can all testify of this, how Jesus took our sin away for what he did for us. We sang about it this morning. He died on the cross. He rose again. Um, and he took away the sin of the world. And he took away our sin and that's why we're here our lives are a testimony of what he did for us so i just want us to behold him and be aware of what he did for us first and then um, with regards to what he what he did for us and our response to that is that we we then surrender our lives to him and we say jesus it's no longer i who live but it's you who lives in me the life that i now live i live by faith in you christ um And we do that in our daily lives and in different shapes and forms. And I believe that every day is a missions day, if I can call it that. Every day we respond to Jesus and we follow him. And as we follow him, we live out Jesus through us. So before we get into, so I I just want to maybe frame this morning's missions that it is an extension of what we do and who we are. It's not separate to our daily lives. It is because of what is done for us, we go, and we go every day in our place of work, in our family, and then also in a, in extension to that, we go. Um, so I'd like us to just have that in our minds and that framework that that is why we go. It's an extension of of what we do, and and in that light today we're going to. Here are some testimonies and we're going to look at a few videos and it's a celebration really of what God has done in the extension of what we do in the form of short-term missions. That's the focus of this morning, but I also want to just encourage us that Jesus said that God is always working and He is working always with God and that the same applies to us. So I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that we work every day in our lives where we go. But to just there's something special about taking that time away and just going f- fully for Him and committing that time, and then I think we all we're going to hear testimonies of of that today. But I just wanted to to set that framework for us. So we're going to hear some testimonies and watch videos, and it's really a celebration of what God did, and I trust that it would stir all of our hearts to to respond to. God's mission, and I believe we are a family on a mission with him, so let us respond to that. So, um, we're going to have Yuret to come and share, and after will be David, Then we'll watch a few videos. So, yeah, I really pray that you'll be encouraged by what you hear, and as we listen to what everyone shares, let us continue beholding Jesus, because we're remembering what he did. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. As you heard, my name is <laughs> Um Yeah, so the word mission, or so going out of mission, sounds quite daunting for me originally. <laughs> so, but, yeah, after experiencing it, I've realized it's actually making yourself available that God can pour out his love in us as a vessel, and, yeah, he never disappoints. He really does, if you just step out there. Okay, so my first mission... Um, I remember, um, yeah, I heard this about missions and I was excited, but I'm like, Lord, you really want me to go? (laughs) And um, I remember I asked him for three, three, but he must confirm it to me in three ways. And I don't remember the first two ones, but I remember the last one. I I was like in class, I'd just gone and sat down, and the student that came and sat in front of me on the back of his shirt was just like about this big. It was a picture similar to this one, like a globe with a car on it. And I can't remember if there were even words saying go or something, but to me at that stage, I just knew. That it was just like confirmation, God saying, he wants me to be part of this team, he wants me to go as well. And I was like, just like, wow. <laughs> God of the universe just like, thinking of me sitting there and for some reason wanting me to be part of this team. So Go SA was a six-week mission, so it's one of the longer ones that went, We went around the, uh, the borders of South Africa. I think the previous seven years, actually cycled as well. And then there was a mission joining on land, doing the praying work as well. So we were actually the eighth year, going around and praying um, in different cities. Um, yeah, just really praying for the nation and supporting the churches is where we went and things they were struggling with. Um, not even just praying into that and getting words and visions. And yeah, it was really awesome. Yeah, um, at this point, <laughs> I don't know, I guess many of you have heard of this um, but the Dead Sea is like a big amount of water, a lake, I think, um, with living water coming into it that is like fish and plants and stuff. But the Dead Sea just keeps all this to itself. Um, the end of that is nothing is alive in it. There are no fish, there are no plants, there are only bacteria and fungi. So for me, spiritually, I've also realized the time that I feel the most alive is when I step out in disobedience to, to Jesus, to saying, go into all the world, like Yaku was saying, even in our daily life, um, if he challenges us to share an encounter or in our small group, to facilitate a small group, or whatever God is challenging us to do, I found that I really love when I obey him. It's like he's made us for a purpose, and he um, yeah, gives us what we need. Okay, so my second um, mission was at the end of that year, we went to India. So there's the team. Um, yeah, that was quite an experience. It was my first time overseas. <laughs> so, and I was in charge of the money belts so the foreign currencies and everything. So that was really something new. Um, and then on this mission, I really... Before the time, I didn't have a special love for the Indian people. But on this mission, God really just came and poured out his love for the, for the special people in, in, my, uh, yeah, in my heart. And I, it's not something I could think up or muster up. It was just really supernatural like just God showing me a bit of how he sees these people yeah so that was one thing I want to share from this so we also prepared skits and songs that we danced um, one of them was the um, the crucifixion of Christ another one was showing God's love um, and how the enemy tries to draw us away or distract us from it draws away from him um, yeah and then they would also follow a message that we would share through an interpreter um, and then also altar calls for salvation, for healing, for deliverance. Yeah, so I'm sure there's going kind to of share some lot, some issues with, with regard to that. On uh, a funny note, in India, um, the team leader, Jan George, he would um, speak to the, the Christian leaders that we were working with, the church that we were working with there. Um, so that's the nice thing about Shofar Missions is we usually partner with churches wherever we go. So when people are saved, there's a place, a home for them to be a part of. But anyway, so even I talked to these leaders and we would arrange for where we're gonna have our outreaches or where we're gonna do home visits um, and share the gospel and stuff. And as it came to a close, he would like, okay, it's cool, it's arranged now. But then suddenly they would like change the the um arrangements. And he, so we didn't really understand what was going on, but then we realized you actually have to end it with a, I think Vega can do it very well, wherever she said, the Indian way of saying yes, you like <laughs> bob your head to the left and the right. So they've got like <laughs> and then when he started doing that, then it's like, okay, now it's settled, now we can <laughs> continue. So yeah, so sometimes there's some interesting culture things that you pick up as you go on. Okay, then a later mission, we went to Nepal. Um, The country recently opened um, for evangelism. Before that, it was quite close. I think there were some changes in the the government. Um, So lots of Christians came together for a conference of which we were part of presenting. And I remember just being amazed, like sharing something that's so basic for us, but was so profound for them. And that was the concept of having an intimate personal relationship with Christ. So they knew you could come together as a church and experience Him but they didn't know that you could actually hear him for yourself. Or, you know, I don't know, something just clicked there. And I was just like, just realize we are being equipped <laughs> as ministers, you know, um, receiving so much through Sunday services, through Encounter, through Bible school. And we have brothers and sisters sitting across the world that are just so hungry for us to share what we've already been given. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you to go. <laughs> um, it was also on these missions that I grew the most in my faith and relationship with God and learning to abide in him. It's really precious. <laughs> Thank you guys.
0: Good morning, church. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna share a few experiences from a three Zambia mission trips. Um, so the church I was a part of while still studying in Potsdam, partnered with a church in Zambia called Word of Life. Um, and the mission focus was normally church planting. So we'd go for about two weeks each year and in the evenings, would it would be an outreach service. So would someone would give a, t- a teaching on faith or healing or something similar. And during the morning sessions, we'd actually spend some time with the people who would end, end up leading the church when we left in equipping sessions, um, often working through well, what was then still the Foundation series, which is now an Encounter series, and so working through, well, with them through those things. Um, so the first time I, I joined one of those mission teams, I was still in school. Um, and I remember, it was just like, I'd heard the previous year's testimonies, and it's like, okay, I want to go, I want to be a part of this, I want to see what's what's going on here. Um, and I remember just being scared out of my mind the entire time, leading up to this mission. Um, it's like, okay, shucks, I'm actually going to have to pray for someone. It, it was a big thing for me back then. Um, that, you know, it was like the, f- the first day when we eventually started, set up the tent, Ready to ready to start going and just to give some context, it's like in the middle of the bush. There's basically nothing. Um, you take everything with you, and there's communities sort of scattered throughout throughout the country, and they somehow just when the services start, they pitch up almost out of nowhere. You sometimes don't even know where they come from, how they even heard about it at times, but but they come. Um, and I know the first evening was just like a handful of people and. Um, one of the pastors shared, shared the message and they made the altar. I think there was like one or two ladies that came up for prayer. And I remember sitting there, I was sort of like, so I was like I'm going to have to pray for someone now. And like, the moment they made the altar, I sort of just jumped up automatically in that moment. It was an, a very interesting experience. Um, and God used that in my life to actually bring me to a point of being able to pray for people, being in everyday life as well, in different circumstances, to actually step out and and seeing him do things. Um, I have to say, the the Zambian culture is one that is very close to spirituality. Um, they are pretty full of witch doctors and stuff like that. So you don't ever really have to have the conversation about, is there someone in the spiritual? Is there something more than what we see around us? They know that. Um, but it's often tied in very, well, either ritualistic practices or some very different Africa things and so on. Um, but once they meet Jesus, you sort of see something change in them. Um, and throughout the, the course of those two weeks, I remember the, the first community we went to, it's, they, they'll come to the services, but almost everybody's just like staring at you, sort of stone-faced. And it's like, they're, they're there, maybe because just they don't have anything else to do, or whatever the reason may be. But as the days go on, and as Jesus starts setting people free, and he starts delivering people from, from demons often, and these things start coming out, you sort of just pick up this, this joy that starts building in them. They just start seeing the smiles around and they start dancing with the worship a bit. And you sort of see that life over, over the progress of a few days that sort of starts bubbling up in them. Um, and while that's going on, eventually the same starts happening in yourself as well. I think the times where I've been the closest to Jesus or experienced his presence the most has been out on mission trips in the middle of nowhere. Uh, There's something about having to depend on him in an environment like that. I mean, there's no... If someone gets a headache or anything like that, the nearest hospital is like three hours away or two hours away. There's no option. You have to trust Jesus. And there's something with that that brings a closeness with him that I haven't really experienced anywhere else in my life. Um, So, I really want to encourage you guys, if there's even remotely a stirring in your heart to step out, and you feel like you've got nothing to give. That and first mission trip, I think pretty much the only thing I did was pray. They didn't share any of the sessions. They didn't I think, spoke to maybe one or two people. But God can still use that. He can still use that step of obedience to change someone's life. Yeah.
4: Live mission, I didn't prepare. Um, just saying that ahead. <laughs> I sat there this morning and I just felt like I needed to share this. Um, yeah, so I've been on a few missions before, and live is probably my least favorite. So that is why <laughs> that is why I, like, in this week, Yako asked on our group, like, who, who would like to share a testimony, and I always feel like, oh, I don't really have a testimony for this mission. But because um, I, like, just before the mission, um, I became pregnant with Hanani, so I was in the first trimester of my pregnancy. It was sort of still a secret. Only Yaku and Marlies knew on the mission that I was pregnant. And it was very difficult. Like, I was very tired and nauseous. And um, at the time, I didn't actually really know that I wasn't myself. But thinking, like, I realized afterwards, wow, I really wasn't myself. So it took a lot of me to, like, be there and play with little children. Like, everybody in this video said how exhausted they were, but they weren't pregnant. So, (laughs) like, it was really tough. Um, And usually, like, when you go on a mission, like the previous missions I went on, like, you would come back and you would be so, like, rejuvenated. You would be so, like, on fire and passionate. And um, and I think that's sort of an expectation we have from missions, that you're supposed to go on this mission and it must be this awesome experience. But I think sometimes we just need to be obedient and it's sometimes not easy. And sometimes your circumstances is difficult and it's challenging and uncomfortable. Um but I think that's biblical. Like if I think about where Paul went on missions, do you call it missions? In Afrikaans we call it sending it's, it's Like they went through hardships. Um, yeah, so that's actually what I want to encourage you for, is I think we did make a difference in live um, because I was able to look beyond what I was feeling at that stage and, um, and know that it's not about me and, and what I'm experiencing on the mission, but about like, God and giving glory to Him and being obedient to what He's called me to.
5: Okay. <laughs> so jokes aside, I'll try and be quick. So uh, I had a testimony in mind that I wanted to share, but uh, God just pressed something else on my heart. And then I have a wife as well that says you must be serious, but you must be funny as well. So now I have to—I'm obliged to share two things. Uh, so so just bear with me. But just a, as a starting point, just to agree with. Well, firstly, I'm I'm glad I didn't go after you read. I'm glad I wasn't David because she's got like slides and a written... like I was just like, when David went, I was like, yes, I'm, I, I'm glad I don't have to follow you read. Um, so, just something that God is pressing onto my heart is in Matthew 9, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. So, he looked over the crowd and he said... They look like sheep without a shepherd. And he got moved by compassion. And then he tells his disciples a powerful thing. He says, don't pray for the harvest. The harvest is ready. Pray to the Lord of the harvest so that he might thrust out laborers into the harvest field. And that's a little bit what this morning is about. The harvest is ready. We are the harvesters and we're praying to God to thrust out the harvesters. So, in essence, we're praying that God will thrust us out. Um... Alright, So two, two, two stories must I do the, the, the serious one first and the funny one second, or okay, okay, let's do the serious one first. So I, I'm a kind of a practical guy, and the biggest um, impact that stuff has on me is practical miracles. Uh, salvations really touch me and healings really touch me. but when it's something tangible and practical that you can't refute and it's almost scientific, it, it always sticks with me. I have a few of those, but the the one that I felt I must share is if this quantum on the outside could tell stories, I would love to just listen to its story. So one of the quantum stories, we went to Lesotho on a mission and somebody was driving it, I think it was Gareth Fluke, I don't um, remember exactly who was driving it, but we are driving up a hill and there's a small little rock sticking out of the ground and he decides to drive over it, one tire on each side. And he clips the rock and it rolls out. And now this rock has become this rock and it hits the petrol tank of the quantum. But luckily, we're like 100 meters away from the congregation where we're going to sleep and spend the weekend. So you just hear, and you get out and you see that all the fuel is running out of the fuel tank. And now, now I'm leading and I'm like, okay, that's fine, guys, get out, take the bags, carry it to the congregation. So we take the fuel tank off and we send it away. But we're in the middle of Lesotho, so some random guy with a bucky comes, and we send it with him, and we're now gonna spend the weekend building the kingdom. And, but we have to leave on Sunday afternoon at one, otherwise we light, and I've got a bunch of students and parents, and so Sunday afternoon at 12, the fuel tank arrives back, but now we must still fit it, so we screw it underneath the car, and it was braised nicely welded, and we've got three liters of petrol we 50 k's away from the closest town. Quantum does about 10 k's to the liter, so if you work that out, we short a little bit. But no problem. So we pour in the fuel, and it's leaking. So I'm like, Ooh, okay, this is a problem. But So I make a decision, we have to fix the... We, we the only way we can get back, so we take the tank off again, but now I'm going to accompany them to the guy who fixed it, so we can fix it properly. So now we drive 40 minutes in this bucket with the fuel tank, but now we're in a hurry, so what you're supposed to do is, you're supposed to take off the petrol pump, so the tank is open, so that it can ventilate, so that when you come with your torch, petrol and fire, they don't, well, they mix extremely well, but, but it's not a pleasant experience. So now I'm on a mission, I'm on a roll, I'm preaching to the guy who's going to do the welding. The pastor is upset because he did a bad job originally, so he wants to fight with him, and I'm preaching the gospel to him. And then he tells me, no, 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 I don't want to hear anything about the gospel, I I just want to do my work, and then I want to have my beer. So I said, okay, no, that's fine. And he closes his mask, and he goes to weld this thing, but there's still a little bit of petrol in there. So it explodes. So a square petrol tank becomes a round petrol tank. And the guy lifts up his helmet and he says when I'm done you can tell me more about this Jesus. <laughs> and he closes it again. And nobody died, nobody got injured. When he was done, we checked it wasn't leaking. We shared the gospel with him. He committed his life to Christ. We got in the bucky and we left. Now we get back to the quantum. We try and force this round petrol tank underneath the quantum. And we make it work, but now this is the, the miracle that even to this day it's very difficult for me to believe. Because, remember, the little bit of petrol that was in the tank, we exploded. So the tank is empty. There's, there's no petrol in the tank. And I have a two-liter bottle full of petrol. So I take the two-liter bottle and I pour it into the quantum. And now 11 of us get in the quantum and I decide now I'm driving. Because now it's 5 in the afternoon, we're 700 km away from home. I've got zero cell phone signal to phone the parents to say we're going to be late. So I'm like, okay, I'm taking this responsibility. And as I start driving, I'm like, guys, we've got two liters of petrol and 55 k's to the closest fuel station. You must pray. So everybody's praying. And I kid you not, we made it to the first petrol station, 55 k's, which is in excess of 25 k's to the liter, which hybrid vehicles don't even get. Now that fueling station is closed. So we drive to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. We made it all the way to the border, 200 and, no, no, not 200, 120 kilometers on two liters of petrol.
2: Amen. Sure. Yeah, I hope you all are encouraged by uh, the videos and the testimonies. Um, Sorry, Yaku, for your (laughs) time. I have a quick one, and then, I, and then we'll be done. Um, <laughs> it's, I'll, I'll keep it short. So we were, I don't know if you saw it, it said show every far nation. So it was a combination of show for and every nation Cape Town. We were at least 16 adults, and this was last year, um, March. Um, and every single person had to get a COVID test done, irrespective of your vaccination status, before traveling. Um, and also on our way back. Each and every person, one had to get that. On our way back, we had to test twice because we got the time frames wrong. On all three tests, not one person tested positive. That in itself is a miracle. (laughs) Um, So that's the first one. And the second one is just um, God at work on missions. There was a a young boy um, in one of the villages that we went to, and he couldn't sleep in the nights because he was seeing weird visions and snakes. I mean, we're going to Hindu villages, so... Yeah, I mean, that's a story for another day. And uh, we, while we were doing the eye clinic, as you see, I won't get into detail now, but his parents came and said, struggling to sleep at night, and a few of us went to pray for him. And for the rest of the time that we were there, he slept through every single night, and God like miraculously healed him. But what was amazing is that our uh, local interpreter, would take that story, that testimony, and with every single person we speak to, uh, every family, we would visit all, or not all, many homes in on the villages, he would share that story of what Jesus did for that boy. And that's just the power of our testimonies as well. So that's that. And then last slide, practicalities. So for this year, we're very excited to put our faith out and announce the following missions. Um, So we are going to have local missions to Shofar Zanin and Polakwane. It's uh, church plants over there to go and support them. For any practical questions, details, just come speak with me afterwards. Um, I can also share my telephone number. Live Durban is 24 to 30 June. They're having their Come Together uh, Youth Festival. We're booked in and all we need are people to sign up. And I will share the QR code afterwards, or just now, so that you can just scan and um, let's go to that. So Liv Durban, Philip will be leading that team. Um, And it's partnering there. There will be many other um, volunteering teams and so forth. But for details, just talk with me afterwards. July, uh, we're going to Zambia, and this will fall within the student holidays. So those dates are good to go. And then, we, and then October 2023, this year also, we're going back to India um, as well. And then we're putting our faith out for Lesotho, Uganda, and Zimbabwe. So we're still having conversations with that. And then I'm also quite excited about remote working missions. So I'm going to leave it at that. For more um, questions, ask me. It's literally you go somewhere, you work remotely, and you start the morning saying, Lord, what's the plan for the day? And you go. You do your work during the day, and after work you go and partner with people and share the gospel. And then also um, prayer and intercession and support. We understand that many of us are in different life phases and stuff, and we pray, we give, and we go. So we start by praying, and everyone, all of us can pray, and then we give. We give ourselves, give our time, give finances to to support, and then we go. So in whichever shape or format, you're keen to get involved, please, let's go. Quickly, flight the, there we go. So if you're keen, take your phone out, scan that QR code, and you can sign up for missions right now, and uh, we'll take it from there. Thank you very much. Sorry. But I really hope you guys
1: are encouraged by this. I certainly am. Great, thanks so much. Yeah, so uh, normally I don't like it when people fiddle with their phones while I'm preaching, but now please, please go for it. <laughs> All right. Um, so normally we try to end at this time, so that's good. I just want to share maybe a verse or two, um, cause, and then we're going to braai. Okay, so let's do that. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this just these encouraging testimonies, Lord. We thank you. And um as we just look at your word now, we ask Holy Spirit that you would stir our hearts with what's important to you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Okay. All right, so if you know any um state agents, they get really excited about a soul mandate. They? Yes. So this is not that kind of soul mandate. But <laughs> it's more important than that, okay? Uh, we have a mandate to win souls, to reach souls. Um that's what this is all about. All right, so um yesterday we had such a great time at the encounter life encounter and uh, thanks for all the joined. Um and uh, Christoph reminded us of where the word Christian comes from, and um, actually, I don't actually have time to talk through all of that, but what does it mean for us to be Christians as we are following Christ? Um, and in Antioch, where they used this word for the first time, the people noticed something very different, and something different from all the other Jewish sects and stuff that was going on, different from all the other religions, and they thought, this is so different, this is so radically separate from everything that we know, we have to give this guy, these guys a name. <laughs> and then because they realize that these are the guys that, uh, the word actually the last but I-A-N means the party of. So they actually say, these are Jesus' party, you know, they're <laughs> the ones that follow him. Um, and uh, this is what it's all about. But my question is what does that mean for us in a practical way? To follow christ and uh since i can't really read all the scriptures i want to jump to matthew chapter 16. just quickly look at this one um let's read it quickly the first bit uh, now jesus came into the district of caesarea philippi and he's asked his disciples who do people say the son of man is and they said, "Some say John the Baptist; others say Elijah; others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets." And he said to them, "Who do you say that I am?" And Simon Peter replied. This is a famous verse. This is like one of the highlights of Peter's life, I'm sure. You know, up to that point, they they were struggling, you know, understanding what's Jesus all on about. You know, he's, Jesus is trying to explain spiritual concepts to them, and they they keep on looking. You know kind of getting stuck into the, into the natural he's saying talking about spiritual things and they think what is he on about what's he talking about you know and then this moment happens uh, where they're saying people say this and that and then peter says you are the christ the son of the living god and jesus answered bless are you simon bar jonah for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven and i tell you you are peter and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And this is just kind of laying the, fun, the the context of Peter's moment, right? So I can imagine he's like, "Yeah, you know, guys, this is amazing. I've got this revelation. I'm sure he must have had a little bit of, you know, wow, I made it. I heard from God directly. This is a revelation from Him. And I'm 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 wondering whether." He was quite chuffed with himself at this moment i don't know what do you think anyways then unfortunately um just after literally just a few verses on it says it was 20 from that time jesus began began to show his disciples that he must go to jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised all right jesus is kind of saying to guys this is what I'm all about. This is why I'm here. And let's look at Peter's response. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Now, just pause there for a moment. What's happening here is something I, I believe happens to many of us. It has happened to me before. We meet Christ, we have a revelation of who he is, Amen, amazing, Our lives change, but then Christ starts to impart to us what he's really about as and as we grow in our revelation of who he is, there's some stuff that he says that does not fit our picture of who Jesus is and what he should be doing right and it's it's offend, it offends us, and it thinks we think, okay. I'm following Christ now, but this stuff, this this is is not cool. This is not comfortable for me. (laughs) I don't like this that he's saying now. This is not my picture. I thought, in their context, they were hoping Jesus is going to be a a political leader. Somebody that will deliver them from the, they're being uh, under the Roman rule. So Peter says, no, no, Jesus, this is not the plan. (laughs) You can't be doing this kind of, you can't be going and, suffering and dying and stuff like this but let's look at jesus response now peter's on the high now remember just like minutes or a few hours before and now jesus peter's on that high and then this is what jesus tells him he says to peter get behind me satan that's hectic guys and then he says this you are a hindrance to me for you are setting your mind not uh, you are not setting your mind on the things of God but on the things of man and i just feel this is what god <laughs> wants to challenge us with this morning that are we setting our hearts are we setting our minds on the things of man or on the things of god are we following a jesus that we have made up in our head that is comfortable and convenient for us to follow. Why are we following the Jesus that died and rose again? And then he goes on and he told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. So this is the context saying, Are you setting your mind on things of man or are you sending your mind on things of God? And he says Deny yourself. That stuff that you want me to be, that stuff that is comfortable and convenient for you, lay that down. Deny yourself. Take up his cross and follow me. Follow me. For whoever should, would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his own soul? What shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man, He's going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Are we a hindrance to what Christ wants to achieve? Or are we setting our hearts and the things, our minds on the things of God? I want to read the next scripture, but before we go there. It's a it's a well-known verse talking about why the son of man why Jesus came, and I'm I don't know a lot of times so that's why I'm rushing a bit through this, but the the verse goes and the son of man came to, right? And often I, I I'm scared to say what I, I believe that often we fill in that blank there and we say the son of man came to make a way that I can have a comfortable and convenient life and retire at the seaside. That's the way we live. Or well, the Son of Man came that I can have a good job and I can have, have a family and I can be blessed and have a peaceful life and retire the <laughs> my But that's not what it says, I mean. It says the Son of Man. Jesus, the context here is Jesus has been ministering to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, the sinner, the tax collector. Nobody wanted to know him. Nobody wanted anything to do with him. The the outcast. When Jesus went to his house, all the guys that were following Jesus were grumbling, saying, he's spending time with a sinner now. This is not nice. Again, this is not what we want Jesus to be. Why is he going to the sinner's house? And he said, today salvation has come to this house since he also is the Son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and so to save the lost. Son of Man did not come for our convenience or for our comfort. Yes, the, this, the joys of following Christ, the healing and the deliverance, and the, the fruit of salvation and the fruit of the Spirit. But at the essence of it, Jesus has not come for us to be comfortable and to be happy and to live. Peaceful lives. I'm sorry for the bad news. <laughs> but he's inviting us to follow him. That's what a Christian means is when we are disciplined followers of Christ, following his example. Paul says, Imitate, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In fact, in other words, imitate Christ. And he came for this reason to seek and to save the lost. So my question this morning, and and this is I was so challenged the other day listening to uh, another church leader in the city, and he was saying, "Do we focus on gathering Christians and making them better Christians? Where 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 are we finding the disciples that we are making?" Are they coming from other churches? And we just shuffle around the believers in the city from the church. Now and again, every few years, we we'll just shuffle them around a bit. <laughs> or, and, what, and then he challenged us, discipleship. discipleship always starts with souls that need to be saved. And always ends with souls as well. Amen? Um, the Son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And, uh, yeah, so my challenge is, and I was said before, we think, okay, this is for the, 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 this is for the elite squad, going on outreaches and reaching out to your neighbor and preaching the gospel to your friend at the gym. This is only for the guys that are, are very spiritual. So, most of us, when we hear stuff like this, we disqualify ourselves. Okay, no, I'm not, I'm not part of that group. So, I just want to address that <laughs> <laughs> misconception. Okay, if you are believing that you are a follower of Christ, then this is for you and for me, amen. And with it is my neighbour, who I struggle. Or this dad I spoke to at the at the dad camp the other day. It's the school dad camp. Proper atheist. It was a tough conversation. It made it a bit easier because he had a couple of beers in, so that made it a lot easier. The next morning he apologized to me. It's <laughs> quite funny. But in any case, and I thought, sure, this is a tough one, you know. And I thought, hallelujah, but but the blood of Christ is sufficient. I mm-hmm. So whether it be the atheist at the dad camp at school, whether it be the the mechanic across the road, you know, he's the receptionist is doing marriage prep now with us. Um whether it be something simple like that in our daily lives, or whether it be, okay, I'm also going to India this year, or I'm, you know, setting my trust in God to go somewhere. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't allow the enemy to say, no, this is not for you. Amen? This is for every every person that is professing to follow Christ, to pray, to give, to go. This is a team effort. Amen? Be part of it. Um and what I wanted to say is, you know, if, if who's the richest guy now on the planet? Is it that guy from Amazon? They change it every week. I don't know. Uh, or, or Elon Musk or whatever. any case, so say Elon Musk, okay? He's, he's up there. He's got lots of bucks, all right? So if he comes to you and you say, listen, um, Kyle, I want you to run a project for me here in Pretoria. We're putting up a new mall. Just get it done. Here's the property, here's the checkbook. Oh no, don't use those anymore. Here's the card. Go for it. The gazillion dollars is there. You just do what it takes. Okay. Is Carl gonna wonder about this? Is it gonna happen? If I told him the same thing, he would be like, Yes, you know, I don't know, that card of yours looks a bit thin there. Eh? But uh but if Elon Musk comes and he says, Carl, go for it. Here it is. This thing is linked to my bank, my savings or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's there. The gazillions are there. Just get it done. I'm covering all of it. You know what? He's gonna, it's going to happen. Because whatever problems come, whatever thing, he's just going to swipe that thing and the stuff is going to happen and within a few years, there will be new mall. Are you with me? So in the same way, Jesus says, Matthew 28, he says, I've paid. This thing I'm telling you to do, I'm covering it. I've paid in full. And he's not only talking about the, the price for sin, he's talking about the authority and the power, whatever is needed for the, the commission that he's giving us. He says, I'm covering this. I've got it covered. I'm paying for this. You don't have to pay. I'm paying for this. Amen? So don't disqualify yourself. He said, I've, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth has been given to me. The authority, the word there, is scooja. I'm saying it wrong probably, but it's, it talks about delegated authority and power. And it says, It's unlimited. All of it is mine. All of it. There's nothing that's not mine. It says, All of it's been given to me. Now go. I'm covering all of it. Amen. One of the, and if you look at the description of the Greek there, it talks about superhuman. (laughs) So everything, all the power and authority that you need to do this commission that I'm giving you, to go and disciple the nations, to baptize them, to teach them, all of this I'm covering. Amen? So I want to challenge us, guys. Mostly we think, no, I don't have time. I'll pray for somebody. I don't have money. Uh, I'll just... I'll just support somebody in prayer. I want to challenge you guys, myself as well. The times that I've experienced the Lord's provision more in crazy ways than ever before was when I'm stepping out in obedience to the commission. Amen. And it started with the first mission I had to trust God for a thousand rand. It was such a lot of money. Okay, it tells me how old I am. There's was so much, I thought, how is this ever going to (laughs) happen? And then it just got crazy after that. Every time, it was just bigger steps of faith. Going overseas, flying to India, trusting God. The one time we spent, I don't know, the last mission we went on before getting married, we spent everything we had. We had nothing left. I think I had like a thousand rand left in my account, and that was for the wedding and all stuff. (laughs) But the Lord made a way. Stuff happened. I was able to buy a ring anyway. We got married. The Lord blessed us with a honeymoon in Thailand. Singapore, we had zero because we spent all of it on our last mission before getting married. God made a way. He's covering this. Amen. So I want us to stand this morning. Um And Jesus just before he ascended, he said to his disciples, I just made me close with the scripture, Acts 1, 6 to 8. And they when they came together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now Jesus is about to ascend. No? This is it. This is the end <laughs> for his life on earth. And he and they ask him this question. In other words, they still think he's He's gonna do something political. They still think, Lord, can you just get rid of the Romans? You know, he's like, guys, we've spoken about this. <laughs> this is not what it's about. And I can just imagine he was like, Hish. um, will you restore the kingdom? And he says, It's not, this is not what it's about. But then in verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Maybe you're not my witness right now because your mind is on the wrong things. You may be hindrance to me now because you're focusing on the wrong things. You're thinking I'm going to be delivering you from the Romans. Maybe you're following a Jesus still that you want to to be convenient for you. But he says when the power of the Spirit comes upon you, then you will be my witnesses in your backyard, and in your community, and in your school, and in your workplace, and in your street, and where you go and gym, and where you cycle, and where you do life, you will be my witnesses there, but also in the rest of your province, and where you stay, also in the rest of the country where you live, but also to the ends of the earth. Maybe not before you receive the Spirit, but when you have received the power of the Spirit, you will be my witnesses, Amen. I want to encourage you. There's no. This is why we receive the power of the Spirit. This is why He delegates authority to us, not for us to be comfortable and peaceful and convenient and all the nice thing, those nice things. <laughs> so let's just close our eyes this morning. Oh, we, Lord, this morning we. We acknowledge, Lord, that we often we are like Peter. I say, Lord, will you change the nation? Will you bring a different government? Will you deliver us from this stuff that's around us, from our circumstances? And you saying, guys, this is not what I'm about. So we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name this morning, that you would stir our hearts again. That we would recognize and we are laying down our lives daily and taking up our cross daily and following you that means that we are about the things that, a, that you are about Lord and that you came to seek and to save the lost God we re, we confess that we have given we've We've got stuff in our heads that disqualify ourselves from the start. So we just want to lay that stuff down now in the name of Jesus. Everything that says, no, this is not for me, <laughs> we lay it down in Jesus' name. Everything it says, this is not possible, we lay it down in Jesus' name. We thank you that you said, I cover this. I've covered it and I've paid it all. I'm paying the, I'm paying the bill for this. And we believe you, Lord. So this morning we want to respond as Isaiah did when you said, who will go for us? Who who will I send? Who will go for us? This morning we will say, like Isaiah did, here we are, Lord. Send us, Lord. Here we are. Send us across the street. Send us to our neighbors. Send us to our classrooms. Send us to our workplaces. Send us to the schools where our kids go. Send us to the places where we exercise and social. Send me, Lord. Here I am. Send me, God. Send us to the end, out of furthest reaches of our nation, but also send us to the ends of the earth, God. In Jesus' name. We, We cast off every fear in the name of Jesus. We cast off every doubt in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you paid the price. Stir that in our hearts. That same compassion that moved Christ stirred it in our hearts, Lord. And as Christoph even said, Lord, that you would send us. The harvest is ready, Lord. Today we pray, Lord, send us as laborers into your harvest field, God. In Jesus' name. Let's just take a moment. If you want to respond to what God is saying now, just to stand in the front here. If you feel, if you want to take that stand and say, yes, Lord, whatever it means to for me right now, uh, I don't know yet what it will be. But here I am, Lord, send me. And I just want to want you to be bold and step to the front. I'm not going to pray for hours. We're going to browse soon, don't worry. But I just want us to respond to this word. Amen. So if you wanna take that stand and say like Isaiah did, here I am, Lord, send me. Why'd you come stand in the front here?